1: 42Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I'm your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Lost in Space. No, not the 60s one, the new Netflix one, where the third season is coming at us very soon. This is one that I need to put a disclaimer in front of because we recorded it back in early 2020. It was just before COVID became big news in early February. So we were still in an innocent time, still thinking that things would be normal, that we were going to have a Dragon Con in 2020, and all of that kind of stuff. So again, if if some of the references we make or the things that we say don't seem to make any sense, that's the reason why it was a different time. <laughs> but in other news, I'm about to watch Eternals tomorrow uh, with Beth. We did finish Shogun. We enjoyed it. I felt like the main character, though, was a little too perfect. Everyone thought that he was great, even his enemies. All the women wanted him. He just kind of seemed to breeze through situations. And the end of the series just kind of fizzles out. We never really get what I consider a satisfying ending. And even then, the series held out a promise of stuff happening, but it just seemed like We just kind of drifted through a sequence of events, and then it just ends. Whereas, you know, I was expecting some sort of political intrigue or warfare or anything like, something like that, but we didn't get anything like that. It was more about the personal drama of this guy that's stuck in Japan, and just him having a relationship and some stuff like that. But, like, it didn't really get into any of the stuff that was kind of hinted at in the margins but it never actually really got there. The other thing that Beth and I have started watching is the new Cardcaptor Sakura series, the Clear Card series. We loved the original Sakura. Our kids love the original Sakura, and in fact, our younger daughter is watching Clear Card with us, so that's pretty cool. So far, it's very reminiscent of the original series, but we'll see how things go as it continues. So far, it seems to me that it doesn't even have the level of adventure that the original series had, but we've only watched a few episodes, so that might increase as the show goes on. It seems to be more interested in showcasing just sort of the cutesiness of the sort of Sakura milieu, the sort of Sakura family and all the characters and everything, but again, that might just be because they're still introducing stuff. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, not a whole lot's been going on here. I've started a new job, but it's still at the same company, so it's not a huge amount of change. It just means that I get to, I don't know, stimulate the old brain a little bit more because, the, you know, I'm doing something slightly different, still engineering, but working with different products and stuff, I was just getting really bored in my old job. So, you know, this is kind of exciting from that standpoint. But, yeah, not not a whole lot else going on, so i think i'm going to wrap things up for this and now we're going to join the podcast already in progress let's meet our guests for this week first up he is one head of the two-headed snake of the american sci-fi classics track at DragonCon, and that is my friend and yours joe crow yo joe how are you doing joe hey, uh... <laughs> hello i'm doing
0: fabulous
1: <laughs> great great so what's uh what's been going on for you uh in the last few months since you've been on the show
0: oh uh, let's see i've been every other weekend a pro wrestling announcer mm. it is delightful <laughs> i love it uh-huh. they pay me money to <laughs> hang out with dudes who are pretending to fight each other. It's great.
1: Like a blast. Um have you uh you been able to get up to any other geeky pursuits or is uh is it uh, is that taking all your time?
0: Oh no, no. We uh I I got to say this pro wrestling thing is pretty geeky. But <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Uh, when I'm, I'm the announcer, I wear a different sci-fi or superhero tie oh,
2: every time. Nice. So,
0: and we tape two episodes of a YouTube show. And uh, there's like a small regional sports network mm-hmm. that the show is on. So we tape two episodes. So for each episode we tape, like each week that we tape, so for every Episode I changed ties so it's like it's being taped on a different day.
3: <laughs>
1: See, genius, yeah, that's right, yeah, working that hey, camera and magic. gentlemen. He
3: is calling for a, a, a call for ties. If you have a superhero, die, please send it to Joe Crow. <laughs> yes, please.
1: <laughs> well, cool deal, that, that is really awesome, Joe. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show. For uh, <laughs> thanks for coming back on the show. <laughs> uh next up we've got a voice that you've heard talking to us many times about the flash uh that is <laughs> a longtime friend of mine and that is sean how are you doing sean what i i'm i'm not on the show i'm 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 here for the cookies ah yes yes
4: <laughs> i'm here for those tasty maureen cookies mm. Mm,
1: cookies <laughs> even though i love how you made that kind of like Those Maureen cookies. Mm. Those Maureen Maureen. cookies. Maureen cookies. As long as you're not uh, uh,
4: drinking water with them, you should be fine. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Seriously. Who who knew water was going to be such a weird thing in this freaking season? I'm just saying, all right? (laughs) Save it for the show, man. Save it for the show. This isn't the show? Oh, that's right. We're still talking about
1: cookies. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now I want to go have some cookies. See what you did, Sean? Hey, that's what I'm here for.
0: Can we just not have a cookie cast?
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, no, we, we, we
4: absolutely should. We should we should pit cookies against each other, like uh, the cage off, and uh, there should be one like crowned like cookie, um, and we will then name it the Maureen. <laughs> oh my God!
1: Now I'm and almost Sean, imagining like, a, in like an Iron Chef style competition where everybody's going to bring their A game Sean, to their we're,
0: cookie. We're, we're we're totally doing this, Um okay. uh, Nathan, we're. Totally I want to know what, what state you live in because you're legally
3: high most of them. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Sean, we're doing this. Uh, I'm I'm there. You just tell me what I need to bring, Joe. Nathan,
0: Nathan, shut down all your other topics. Here's what we're doing. We're all going to come back. We're going to do a cookie cast.
1: Okay. Awesome. Welcome to the cookie cast. I'm sure that'll be great audio too. Look at this cookie. Doesn't it look great? It tastes of
3: Yeah, it's all ASMR and we're just, gonna, <laughs> we're
4: just gonna whisper into the microphone, just Oh, this cookie's so good. This is definitely Maureen's cookie. And then somebody's like, no, 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 no. What Joe, try this cookie. Oh, that's definitely uh, Maureen's (laughs) cookie. And we're also going to keep talking about Maureen's infamous cookie and we don't know which one it is. It's going to be amazing. One of us died randomly. Exactly. One of us just melts from the inside. (laughs) Oh, he got the good one.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Well, uh, Sean, uh, what's been going on for you in the uh, last few months since you've been on the show?
4: Uh, other than causing chaos on your podcast, nothing yeah. Other about. than causing the chaos, yep. Yeah, no, no, other than causing chaos, nothing. Uh, um, Laura and I have been uh, doing our, our thing with Pop Cycle Bubbles. Uh, mm-hmm. Been traveling around the country and, and visiting awesome people and exotic locales. And uh, I, I think probably the biggest change that's happened recently is uh, we started doing Twitch streaming. Um, mm. A lot of people over the years have asked, they wanted to know how we make things and j- just kind of like, you know, what's the journey of being like an artist who basically, you know, goes to these shows and, and, and you know, how do you make money at it? What, what does it require? Um, you know, can anybody do it? And we're like, well, let's kind of peel back the curtain and show just what it takes day in and day out to kind of be that. So in a very weird way, Sean Castic is back as our Twitch channel because we'll do like these marathon days where it's like like this. Past Saturday, I did 14 hours because mm. I was like, I'm going to do this project. And until I'm done with these projects, I am not getting off the air. So 14 hours later, two different meals. Um, <laughs> Laura was so. Yeah, well, I mean, no, actually, not that much. Um, you know, only the, the the medical recommended amount of coke. Um, oh, okay, good. But yeah, yeah, you know, you know, always always with your doctor's uh, uh, um, assistance. But no, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, so when you're having the
1: meal, if you go up to the camera and, like, eat in front of the camera, mmm, You know good. what?
4: Okay, so here's the thing. So now, now I know this is, like, getting off on a weird tangent sure. and we haven't even started the show yet. But yes, actually, that's, that's kind of what happens, which is that months ago when we first started – uh, streaming I ask people I was like hey if I do like this for a couple of hours and and we have to eat like lunch or dinner what's the protocol and some people say well some folks they just leave the camera going and they'll just go and they'll eat other folks will you know be right back in 20 minutes um what
3: but fetish uh, cam, ladies like, and like a, a
4: lot of people cam? actually like to know that their their personalities that they're watching eat so they they actually kind of don't mind that. So on Saturday, we were, like, eating pizza and talking about the pizza we got while we were, you know, taking a break. Um, and we would take, like, a break every couple of hours. We'd take, like, a 30-minute break. But we'd leave the microphone on so they could hear us talk. And we'd go play with the dogs and stuff. And, and Yeah, it was fun. It was good.
1: Yeah, um, and, of course, the other big news. Um, I mean, it's probably been a few <laughs> months old now because my sense of time, like, doesn't really exist. Is that you guys get another uh, little furry companion we
4: did yeah you know what that is a very good point we did we picked up a new puppy um those of you who have listened to sean Castic know that we've had a dog uh all the entire time Uh, her name is corday um and we decided that as corday was getting a bit older she probably would want a companion just to kind of like you know keep her energy up a little bit play with her um uh by the way that was a just a terrible call um because corday is very set in her ways and she's just like what is this little diva doing in my house um, but her name is Sasha and uh, she is just an adorable little piece of white floof and uh, they're learning to get along with each other like Sasha's cool she's like look whatever you want I'm down with but Corday has about a five minute tolerance and then she's like yeah I'm done dude um, and then you could just start to see the murderous <laughs> plots in her eyes and you're like you're reenacting the, the Lion King basically like you're waiting for her to figure out how to throw Sasha off like the rock so that way she gets trampled by a bunch of wildebeests. It, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> but, well. I mean, it's a lot of fun, though. She's, she's super adorable, um, and we love her. And we have this thing called Puppy Cam. So if you ever mm. actually watch uh, uh, our Twitter stream, our Twitch stream, we'll frequently stop what we're doing, and we'll just swing to the dogs and see what the dogs are doing, um,
1: which is stupid. But we like doing that because we like our dogs. So Yeah. <laughs> you do have cute dogs we do thank you you're <laughs> welcome <laughs> all right let's well, get to have you back on the show sean thank you thank you thank you for having me back right, no problem and finally is a guy that i know from being on a panel with a dragon with him at dragon con um we decided at that point that we really ought to do something together but we were left it kind of nebulous as to what it was and i guess this is the fruit of that and that is will nix how are you doing will
3: Doing great, doing great. Glad to be on here. We've talked about doing a show for at least six months now, right. so finally we get to do a show. Since <laughs>
1: right. um, this is your first time on the show, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
3: Well, um, I'm Will Nix. I'm a uh, co-host with Mike Faber of uh, Rift Tracks. I do guest podcasting on a lot of shows. I also co-host the diggy the side, but no other big deal there. Uh, right now, I'm getting ready for my, my Rocket League team to defend the state championship tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I'm a bundle of nerves tonight.
1: So, Will, um, what would you say is uh, your primary fandom?
3: Oh, uh, I would. Uh, okay,
1: top of my head, <laughs> top of my heart, uh, sure. Dragon Ball Z and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, all right, yeah, that that tells me a little something just right there. All right. I don't know <laughs> what it tells you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you um, are you a Goku or a Vegeta fan? Get fan, big time. okay Vegeta uh, Spike. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. <laughs> See, I come from, like, the third line of Dragon Ball fandom that nobody else is part of, which is a Piccolo fan, so, you know. Hey, no, no,
3: I appreciate some Piccolo. I like
1: Piccolo, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. And that is <laughs>
4: wrong, and I'm, I'm waiting for Sean to make fun of me. Uh- <laughs> no, not at all. no, 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 look, I'll tell you right now, this, this is how the, dra- this is the appropriate way to look at all Dragon Ball dads, okay? If we're uh-huh. talking about Piccolo, Goku, and Vegeta, this is how you look at it. Piccolo is absolutely the dad that we all deserve to have, Goku is the great plot device that the show deserves to have, and Vegeta is the bad boy dad that we all think we want to have, but nobody really. Wants no, you know, he, he's really a scumbag and left you when you were three. I'm right, exactly. Right, like, <laughs> but you know, then like you're 18, you're like, why did you leave me all those years ago? Oh man, you know, he breaks out a boy mm-hmm. named Sue by Johnny. Yeah, I, I, literally, <laughs> I, I literally just watched uh, Rambo: Last Blood, and there's this moment in this uh, movie where this girl wants to go meet her dad now that she's. 18, and she walks up to him and she basically says, why did you leave me and my mom all those years ago? And he basically tells her, I wasted my time with you, and you were not worth Worth any effort. And I was like, oh my god, it's Vegeta. Like, I mean... I'm just gonna abandon my son for 20 years and never come back. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, but yeah, I mean, Bekka really is kind of like the dad we all uh, deserve. Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but yeah, just about everybody I meet is a Vegeta fan, but I have a few Goku fans.
3: That hurts, man. You know, that's <laughs> kinda like, you know you're kind of basic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Um... Is that
3: like saying you're like a Batman comic fan? Is that the equivalent? I wouldn't
4: say it's a Batman. I think that's probably more of
1: a Wolverine. Yeah.
4: Yes, you very true. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. Your
1: favorite, who's your favorite X-Men? Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got claws and he sticks Two them claws, in the Right, right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Let yeah. yeah. tell you
3: what. Uh, the reason I fell in. Okay, we're going to get into this. We're going to do make this happen. The reason I got into Vegeta was because of one line from the show. And that's when he, that's during the the Android saga No one kills Kakura but me. And I was like, I love you. (laughs) This this is the guy.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for me, it's always been a Krillin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm always a Krillin guy. But my wife loves Vegeta because of Dragon Ball Z uh, Abridged. Um, Yes, oh, yes. So she loves him because of Abridged, which makes him like. Yeah, it, it makes Vegeta like Vegeta turned up to eleven. So oh, I mean, okay. yeah, it, it's he, it's you so great. Remember
0: that bitch.
4: Yeah, hey, just, team, thank you. <laughs> you know, or the fact that he thought he was Super Saiyan and he's like, "You guys not better us. step back because when I turn around, you're all gonna get slapped <laughs> in the face with my." Um, that was yeah. hilarious. You know, like stuff he's, like that. He, he wow. steals
3: the show. They, yeah, he, it's not fun. him and Nappa.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Go no Nappa, <laughs> Vegeta. <snap-ups>. Vegeta. <laughs>
1: Oh <sighs> sorry. Alright guys. I, I, I'm sorry. We we, we <laughs> have to move beyond Dragon Ball now. <laughs> can we talk I, about
0: Manimal? Oh sorry,
3: Joe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we can totally do
1: that. <laughs> just <wait for> it. <laughs> It'll go a lot longer than just five, ten minutes <laughs> talk about Manimal with Joe. Alright. Alright, so. <laughs> right, yeah. But I'm I'm planning on having a Dragon Ball uh, podcast eventually, so so I'll get you back on Will now that Thanks, I know you're yeah, you're hey, very I into it. That. <laughs> all right, but um so yeah, for people who've listened uh, to the show for a while, you know, usually we have a 5-minute controversy, but because uh, some people here are a little strapped for time, we're just going to move right along. And um so but first we're going to pause for a promo from another fine podcast. If you were a monster kid growing up, if you enjoyed Saturday
0: mornings watching Monster Movie Matinee or staying up all night watching the Midnight Feature, then Monster Attack is the podcast for you. We not only look at classic old monster movies, we share our experience growing up as a monster kid. Join us every Monday for Monster Attack.
1: And like we said at the top of the show, we're going to talk about Lost in Space Season 2. Or I should say, Netflix's Lost in Space Season 2, because Lost in Space Season 2 is a very different show. (laughs) Danger, Mr. Laws! Danger. Right, exactly. So, um... Sean and Will, since you guys weren't on the first podcast uh, that we did about this reboot, um, can you just give me just in a few sentences what your background is with Lost in Space? Like, did you come to it from the new show, or did you watch the older show when you were younger, see the '90s movie, any of that? So
3: I watched I, all of the above. Okay. I um, I watched it as a kid on
1: TBS with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on Channel
3: Seven. I would watch it with him. We watched every episode, and it really bugged me. You know, when you're little. When something just ends and doesn't really end, mm-hmm. and so I mean, I, I, yeah, every episode. And then not was excited to see the '90s movie. Don't hate the '90s movie as many people do. I actually think it's okay. a pretty good little, you know, standalone film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's cheesy moments, and then of
1: course I've watched both seasons of the new show, and I have mixed feelings. So. Okay, all right, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and Sean, your background with Lost in Space. Uh, Yeah, my dad introduced me to Lost in Space pretty much like uh, almost like a baby, you know,
4: so Mm -hmm. that was like stuff that was on Mm -hmm. in the background. So I I, I went through that, watched it, you know, pretty much. I think like most kids uh, our age, you know, it was just kind of stuff that was on. Um, Then the uh, the 90s movie came out. Wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, there, there was some stuff in there I thought was interesting, but I, I think the bad outweighed the good. Um, but you know, I'm one, those, heard. Heard. Yeah, I, I'm one of those. Yeah, I'm one of those cats where I'm like, you know, that doesn't mean anything. It just means that it wasn't for me. And mm-hmm. if you get a kick out of it, great. But for me, I wasn't like, eh, you know, I was like, it's okay. I, I'm, I'm good. You know. Um, but then I've really enjoyed kind of where they've gone with the the show because it, it is atypical um, in the fact that you know it's called Lost in Space, and yet they're they're still technically not lost. Yeah, <laughs> You know, which I think is kind of a bold choice if you name yourself. One. <laughs> it's right. You know, so I'm like, all right, fair enough, fair enough. But I, I enjoy the story. So I, I I've been enjoying kind of the, um, the Securitas route that we're going. So you know, like I said, I, I think if I compare this to like the '90s, the '90s uh, uh, movie was more bad than good. I think mm-hmm. that the TV show for Netflix is more good than bad. But they both have their pros and their, their, their.
1: Well, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, like looking back at the '60s series, though, I mean that show also i mean it wasn't like that was a perfect show and oh my god like you know <laughs> we're not we're not attaining the highs of the, you know the 60s losses base it was a fun cute family show
4: yeah, but you also have to remember that, remember, when you're the first one to show up, you pretty much get to do what you want. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> because there was no Lost in Space before them, unless you want to count Swiss Family Robinson, right? they could pretty much do whatever the hell they want, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you they kind of get like a pass, kind of like Kirk, you know, Trek gets a pass, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff in there that ages well and a lot of stuff that doesn't, and you kind of like take the the good and leave the bad. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's a lot of really fun memories I have with Lost in Space, but I think that, and I, I don't know about Joe or Will, but I, I think probably most of us probably watched Lost in Space when we were young, mm-hmm. and honestly, I think that's what Lost in Space is really good at, especially the '60s one, is really good at doing, which is get it when you're young, and it's and it's perfect for you.
3: It's mm-hmm. like being a Godzilla fan.
4: Oh yeah, you know,
3: um, <laughs> I am a huge Godzilla fan, and anybody, anytime they make Godzilla, I don't care if it's like high budget, whatever, it's a Godzilla movie. Right now, um, and so this very much reminds me that it, this this is you know these are the it's it's my childhood on a budget, and I like that. Because you know it didn't really have much of a budget back in the day. Mm-hmm. Really? And now not. you know, you've got CGI. You've got you know you've got you know good acting invested in it. You you put my childhood and you put it on the stage. It's kind of like you turned it into Shakespeare.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
3: not you know I'm not saying it's that great or that bad or anything like that. What I'm really saying is that. You you take something that was a very simple premise, which is the monster of the week or the the, the story of the week. Mm-hmm. What they've done really well here is they've developed. We really didn't know that the Robinsons all that well. Like, you know, wills the smart kid and mm-hmm. you know Penny silly you know and more. You, know, you can go through and, and you know and Dad could do anything. You know mm-hmm. Dad, Dad was the ultimate here and this one. That's what's so great about this new series, it, for good and for bad, is that it's so complex.
1: Yeah, well, and they understand party balance a little bit better too. So you see, like the yeah. mom's the scientist, the dad's the military guy. You know, he's the he's the strong yeah, guy. He's the guy that's gonna defend you. Life. You know, yeah. right? Well, but well, you remember, know.
4: but also keep in mind, Nathan, that you know the '60s Lost in Space was pre D and D. Once you right. get your D and D rules in place, <laughs> right. then
1: you're okay. Like now, <laughs> right. okay, so you're the cleric.
3: That's, that's why Gary made the D and D rules. I mean,
1: <laughs> and Debbie's gonna grow up to be a chocobo, and then they're gonna ride her. <laughs>
4: Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, Judy's the Claire, right? You know, spoiler, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, so here's the thing: like, you know, I don't like, you know, reboots are always hard for me. You know, especially when it's something that I used to like. Lost in Space is one of those that I am really, really enjoying because I think they took the nugget of what was great about the original show, you know, the family dynamic, you know, the the sort of relationships and things, and we're like, here is a 2019 or 2018, I think that's the first season of 2018, take on it, you know, and, and just run with it. And so I felt like it's it's been a pretty... Like
3: Battlestar Galactica did.
1: Mm, it's been a very good spiritual successor, I think, mm-hmm.
3: to the original oh, yeah, I think show. With the heart. Well, I think the unfair criticism of Dr. Smith it's so, so unfair. I mean, anytime time you, you know, most of the stuff you read online, it's just trashing that poor actress. And I'm like, I, I she's doing awesome. And I, and I think they did, a, especially this season with the, I like to say uh, Dr. Smith has transitioned into Bond villain mode mm-hmm. where, you know, she's, she's you know willing to kill them, but it has to be a escapable death. You know, they only die if they're dumb you know so
1: I don't know if that's really her motivation though I mean I think I think she's just out for herself you no
3: know I'm saying it's the way it feels I'm talking about the way it
1: feels yeah I mean she she's primarily out for herself but I think that again I mean like the whole idea of the original Dr. Smith was just lost after the first few episodes was that he was an enemy agent that had infiltrated the ship yeah, and then he just became the silly old guy that screams at everything, you know, after that. Yeah, yeah, that
4: was always running around with Will, like, oh, let's not get in danger, Will! And it's like, oh my god.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah the, the...
4: let's get you killed, Will, and let's walk out in the woods by ourselves, Will!
3: Uh, right. Yeah,
4: but I mean, the, the saboteur <laughs> aspect, I thought, was a really cool idea that, honestly, I'm a little surprised that we haven't seen more of in this new version. But what right. I think is interesting is that... the. If we look at what made Dr. Smith so interesting in the original 60s version is that if we look at him being a saboteur, he was an opportunist. Mm-hmm. And while that mm-hmm. opportunism went away pretty quickly, that was kind of what they started with. And so they kind of went back to that with the new one. Um, and I think what I think is very interesting about uh, uh, Parker Posey's is that she has been a perennial opportunist. She mm-hmm. doesn't want the Robinsons to get hurt, but if they get in her way of surviving, she'll oh, she She'll throw them under the bus so hard. <laughs> <laughs>
3: she also yes. will also pull him out of the fire, which is really yeah. odd. That's really, mm. yeah, it, it whatever benefits her at the moment. So that, it's not it's it's truly that unlawful evil. It's there's no it's it's, it's not that you know Bond villain. I, I use Bond villain as just uh, as an exaggeration of what she won't do, but it's more of that. Um,
4: I, it's so great. The character is so great. Mm-hmm. She's true. She's chaotic, true. Like that's right. True chaotic. True. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. She's yeah. true chaotic. That is what she is. She, she's not evil. She's not good. She is true chaotic. Mm. Um, yep. And and in D and D rules for anybody who hasn't played D and D, which how the hell are you on the forty two cast and not know what D and D is? Yeah. Um, but if you don't, true chaotic is you are completely looking out for you. And if you happen to do something good, great. And
1: if you happen to do something bad, great. Did it benefit you? Yeah. And
4: do you care?
1: yeah, yeah and I, do you care <laughs> i mean i get the hints of you know because like in the original show it was clear that dr smith had a soft spot for will i still get hints of that with this dr smith that she might have a little bit of a soft spot for will and not want harm to come to Will. you know like she looks I, out I, for think, him. I
3: think she's more invested with penny this time around oh, i know but That's yeah this season too. it yeah, seemed like penny. penny
1: was more yes exactly yes that is true this was the penny season
3: though season two was the penny season right
1: so. yeah um but yeah, I mean, you, you touched on something a little bit earlier, uh, I can't remember if it was Will or Sean, and and, and Joe, I kind of want to, because I know we talk a lot and are kind of, like, aggressive out here, um, but that I want to bring up, so I'll start with you, Joe, on this one. So, uh, like somebody alluded to before, you know, the show's called Lost in Space, um, you know, the original show, obviously, it was just the family, plus Don and Dr. Smith off, you know, on their own. Um, you know, in this show, it seems like it's, it's the whole Resolute, right? You know, it's, it's everybody that seems to, to go with them everywhere. Do you want it to ever get to where, you know, even with just a season of the Robinsons by themselves? Or do you think that, you know, it's necessary for them to have the sort of larger cast around them?
0: The larger cast is... It's a lot easier maybe it, it, it could be kind of a crutch the larger cast gives them someone to just grab and add to the thing instead of having to run up on a strange planet and have a new character every single week like not just the original lost in space but every show has had to do that
2: mm-hmm. with oh, the resolute, the first season. Just,
0: yeah with the resolute you could just pull somebody else out of the uh out of the thing and uh you just visit this other person this other person shows up like they do in in season two so you don't have i I think it was just an easy way to expand the opportunities of storytelling if you will Mm. (laughs) and and (laughs) i I, I don't dislike it you know it's um because it the original show wasn't Well, the original show was just the family lost in space, but the title of the show wasn't just these five people lost in space. (laughs) And so this, I mean, I don't think it's really um, hurting anything to have just a whole bunch of extra cast members, potential cast members. So no, no, it's just, it adds to the, the possibilities instead of, um, now, Spoiler alert for anybody, like season three, it could just be them. Hmm.
3: But we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like what they've really done with having a couple of episodes a season with them by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you had in the first season, you had them by themselves for a few episodes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the beginning of this season, they're by themselves for a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it kind of gives you that balance. It gives you the you no, know, the tension that they have with other. Was that? Uh,
0: no, to your, to your point, uh, Will, it does maybe uh it's not as now uh, like like I, I didn't think about this until you said that but, but the season one when they first crashed I was, yep. they had no one else to depend on so nope. the threat level was intense yes season two not so much
3: no they, they, i mean they, you by this time you, you you get the major and well he's not the major he's just you know gone. <laughs> uh, so i'm waiting for i'm waiting for that promotion any day now <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Vincent kill on voyager <laughs> They're gonna get it done at the <laughs> point um so to me with you know when you add those other two elements the way they add them i, I guess it's the one character that bugs me a little bit that they've mixed up a little bit it, you know you could have changed anything else about him did you have to change the, the 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 i guess the nobility of the character mm. i mean i love i love the actor i love the character he's playing it's just i think don is robbed of all the characters on the show it's like who could get changed the most oh it's poor don yeah. well I mean, just
4: so... if i can chime in for a second i mean if if we're really looking at it when you look at the original Lost in space um, especially as a kid the two characters who were almost interchangeable in my brain were the dad uh, and don. was the yeah. dad and don they, they yeah. there was nothing to differentiate between the two now don is a very specific character and he still has an honorable nobility but he's much more oh, no, to, I, I, he, he's much closer to like a Han Solo kind of yeah, character. Yeah,
3: I'm not. I wasn't saying like he's yeah, a worse yeah. off character. I'm just saying that. The the tr- I'm talking. About, I was just talking about like status and promotion and stuff. That's all.
4: I yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I I do know that he is actually still billed as Major Don West. Um, okay. He all is. Right. If you look at all of his IMDb credits and whatnot, and, and all of his uh, uh credentials, it actually does list the character still as Major Don West. And hmm. I don't know if that's just a carryover from the '60s because they – Yeah, just, but he's not
3: treated like a
4: major. <laughs> right. He's not.
1: He's like you know. He's like a he's like a yeoman or something. I don't know. Right. He's
4: engineer third <laughs> class at least. Come on. You
1: know, I don't know why it tickles me so much. But the fact that he adopted that chicken. Oh, Penny? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh Debbie, yeah. Uh, yeah, was it Penny? Yeah. No, Debbie. Debbie is the Debbie. name of the Debbie chicken. Yeah. Debbie's yeah. Debbie's and, and then he just takes the chicken with him everywhere and is taking care of it. I'm like he's in the jail cell with the chicken. The chicken. <laughs> and I just
4: find that hilarious. <laughs> well, I mean, it's certainly better than Debbie the bloop, so Yeah, I'm like Oh good lord. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Debbie the chicken over Debbie the bloop any day of the week right. <laughs> in fact that was one of my complaints I was going to say about season 2 is that I needed more Debbie in my life because I became so emotionally attached to that chicken in season 1 right. I was like
2: I mean, that you know, chicken, out. The
4: chicken yeah yeah. seriously, is I was like, "Is it like
3: the cat from Alien? You're more concerned about Latin the cat than your, you are know,
4: Sigourney Weaver's." So. Well, I, I mean, look, this is how I look at it. There's three Robinson kids. If we lose one, that's oh, not a huge.
1: <laughs> but like, if we lose the chicken, right. there's only one chicken
4: on the show. Okay, like, yeah.
1: Suddenly they're hey, away I, from like any supplies or anything for a while, and then suddenly you just see them around a spit, and there's like a chicken roasting on it. Like... We're not
4: that lost
1: in
4: space. <laughs> right, that's what it should be called. Not that lost in space (laughs) moderately (laughs) detoured in space is what they are they're they're, (laughs) currently displaced in space There we go. We
0: kind of know where we are in
4: space (laughs) there's a hint that we have direction right we took the wrong exit in space okay
3: but is anybody tired of the slow reveal with what happened to earth yeah i mean we all know it's Okay, to me, it's it's starting to feel like, and hey, if anyone's an Arrow fan, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge Arrow fan, but it feels like we're going back to the island every time we flashback to Earth. Yeah. And it's like, just tell us already. It's not that big of a cliffhanger. We kind of know, we already kind of know what's happened, but we don't just
4: get it stop <laughs> I mean what what happened I just thought the earth was getting used up I thought we were having like a firefly moment Did it... I
1: think the robot is it... <laughs> I thought that they implied in the first season that it had something to do with the ship that crashed on earth yep. like yep. threw like too much dust into the sky and they're gonna have like a, a winter basically right 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 yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah but not like like Armageddon just like a slow like yeah, well, it, ice it age yeah you know, like an what ice what they age keep right changing it. they keep
3: changing up what happened
0: really you know and, yeah, and yeah. the thing is I, 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 don't, I don't care about earth I don't want I right don't lost in space to see earth right yeah, right <laughs> i want to see space right and i'm not it's
1: getting
3: true. enough space in my space right
1: <laughs> right yeah well I, you know that was the thing though then they flash back to like judy and the dad like jogging and i'm like wait a minute shouldn't the air pollution be so bad that they can't so do that so bad that they can't yeah I mean, <laughs> right. i'm like so what what exactly is going on here i'm not clear this planet
3: that we had to quickly test and escape and only a few people could go, mm. but I can still go on an
4: afternoon run with my daughter. Well, you know, they were in Kansas, so, you know, as you <laughs> oh, know, okay, Kansas no, right, is right, the right. least
1: affected of all the states. <laughs> you know, so that was... <laughs>
4: Where the hell City they were in <laughs> middle America.
1: <laughs> um, But, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, no, I agree with you, Will. Like, yeah, I'd rather they just said, like, this is what happened to Earth and just move on, because God. it feels like going back is
3: especially this season I, I, I'm not I don't hate it mm. but I got I, I, okay the first season I'll say this I never really felt myself bored in the first season mm-hmm. like I didn't you know, I was always like kind of leaning in waiting for something to happen and this season I felt like it was flashing back and trying to tie up plot holes like we needed to know that there was some dark thing about Will getting on you know when you already knew that she cheated in his way onto the system mm-hmm. the whole build up and the family tension didn't make really make a lot of sense to me it's like I, Don I can I, I see you know everybody going yeah it's your kid of course you saved him Duh. Instead, we get this, how dare you, mom?
4: And we all
3: hate you, and we have to storm off in different directions. Mm. That that, that was just me. that, That part just bugged me.
4: But you see, that's the danger of not having a, an expanded cast. You know, if you go yeah. back to the, the original question that we went way off topic <laughs> on, you know, Nathan yes. had asked, you know, what do we think about the Madden on more characters? And, and because sometimes you have to have this forced drama between uh-huh. these characters, that that's the kind of result that we get, which is we're mad at mom for saving our perfectly reasonable brother, <laughs> you know, because he's only robots at wrong times. It's OK. You know, right, exactly. I mean, there's really no reason to have that moment in the in the yeah. show. Um, but that's why I'm really glad that we have a more expanded cast, because then, yes. you know, we only really had that one plot point where it could have been an entire season of those plot points. Oh, but yeah. instead, we get stuff yeah. like the uh, the evil robots and we get like Hastings. I, um, how,
3: many, how, uh, how many episodes was it before we saw the robot? A,
4: an actual, you know, I'm trying to think, was it
3: the last three episodes that he comes back in?
1: Uh, well, what I thought they showed Scarecrow like pretty early on, like maybe they the showed third. Scarecrow episode. Early on, but I'm yeah. talking
3: about the robot, and I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, how long was it before robot? Uh, actually I, made I
4: it? think it's either six, I think it's either six or seven when robot, yeah, yeah it's out. late, is
3: what I'm saying. So, yeah, mm. yeah,
4: yeah it, it's I mean, six or seven, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. If you're like me growing up with the show, the robot's my favorite part, right? <laughs> you know, and so, I'm like, I need more robot in my robot show.
1: Well, you know, and that's probably the biggest change I think, like just uh-huh. like from the from the original series is the lack of the like Dr. Smith robots. Oh man, that yeah, relationship! was Yeah, so dialogue. Bad. You know the 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 repartee. <laughs> well, like we had it in season one,
4: and then very quickly, robots like, "I don't like you, Doctor Smith. Yeah, oh, Smith."
1: Well, well, this, right. does, this robot doesn't really talk. You know, like just says a few words and stuff. So you yeah, know, you it's can't really have the when same it does, stuff. Right? I mean, right. <laughs> he's downright Shakespearean at the end of season two, man. I mean, he's
4: got all kinds of stuff. He's he's well, soliloquying mean, left and right. The silent,
3: I mean, he's the silent Bob of their universe. Okay, <laughs> right. I mean, when he talks, it's extremely
4: important. And right. it's poignant, and it's to the point. Okay, right. when, the, when the robot says something, pay attention. Pay that's attention, because it's bad. Even though to that point, when Will asks him to do something, and he's worried about Scarecrow, and, and Robot turns to Will and says, "No, Will Robinson," mm. that was a great that moment. Was,
3: that was a good that was a good buildup. I, I
4: yeah. really liked that. I thought that was a great moment to show the evolution of Robot, and I think that's probably I think the reason why I don't mind the lack of Robot for the early half, because you know. Um, it can Joe on and, it. it, yeah. Well, Joe had talked about the fact that, you know, in season one, you know, there, there was always a sense of danger and you didn't really have that in season two. But those first three episodes where they're trying to get off the water world, you know, and they're, they're mm-hmm. trying to get back to uh, uh, the Resolute um, and they're they're, they're turning the <laughs> Jupiter 2 into a freaking sailboat. You know, I mean, yep. there was a lot of really good kind of drama kind of going on there because mm-hmm. there's lightning bolts crashing all around them and, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, this was a pretty interesting, you know, setup, especially because Smith knew that if she had not basically sabotaged them, they would have never left this planet they would have left the, they'd have lived on a methane world for the rest of their life mm-hmm. um, and, and I like the fact that Smith's again selfishness saved the the, the Robinsons um, and, and I, I really dig how they slowly build that relationship up the fact that she does care for them but she's still extremely selfish and will absolutely just run them over if she needs to get something accomplished and and, and I like that there's that danger and I also like that we we are slowly building up to the fact that okay we, we don't have AIs. On Earth's technology scale, but these robots are clearly part of something much so larger, much yeah. more Very, right, yeah. much more menacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and it, I'm ri- really,
3: it reminds me up. of the Replicators from um, Stargate. Mm.
1: Okay yeah no, I can see that. Um, but yeah, that, that that segues into another thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, for me, at least the thing that I've seen online the most is people complaining about the difference with this robot versus the you know, where the old robot was like it was a you know designed by people, it was a guardian for everybody, and that this robot is somewhat vaguely sinister and you know it's an alien you know device and everything. Um, you know I don't particularly have a problem with it. You know, I think that it makes it a lot more interesting and allows for more, like, story potential. But Mm -hmm. I was just kind of curious what you guys felt like. Would you like a more friendly, you know, like, safer kind of robot? Or do you like the fact that it's like, we still don't know. Two seasons in, we know nothing, really, about the robot and about where it comes from or anything like that. Um, All I know is there's something with, like, the Decepticons and, um, and,
3: with, <laughs> and, and, and the Autobots going on. Because apparently either you're a good robot or a bad robot. There's no
1: in-between. Oh, that'd be so awesome if one of them just, like, holds up, like, an Autobot yes! similar to something. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's like, oh, no. So...
3: Uh, I mean, honestly, I I like the fact that it's a, an alien sh- an alien found artifact that kind of deal mm-hmm. because if if it's AI, how many shows are do we have about AI gone bad or mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff? I, I, I bring bring the aliens back into sci-fi, please.
1: Yeah. Um, Joe, what do you think about the robot and how they've been using the robot? Or would you like to know more about the robot and feel like they haven't? you know, like, really, you know, it's like, they're stretching the tension out a bit too much on what's going on here with this thing, or too, the mystery on it.
0: I, um, I'm, um, hmm, I'm still kind of on the fence about the robot. Mm. I, the, the first obviously very different mm-hmm. than, than the, than the than the OG robot from the 60s, and of course, I'm I'm, I'm cool with that, but mm-hmm. I feel like at first, at least, he was just used as the last minute, like literal, um, Deus Ex Ma- I pronounce it differently every time I say it. <laughs> Machina. Machina. I'm going to talk it out. This time, it, I, I'm going to say it as Deus Ex Machina,
4: and I right. don't
0: think that's right. Yes, that's, is right. right. Yes, that's, that's correct.
4: correct. I'm an
0: English
3: teacher,
0: okay. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> but, but yeah, so that 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 there there's a danger of him veering into that territory, and he's done it several times. Mm-hmm. So, eh, I, I don't know that I am. He's my favorite thing about the show. Mm-hmm. I, he, it was a strong contender in the original show for my favorite thing because him and Mister him and Doctor Smith were hilarious. But yeah, he's just kind of. Uh, middle of the
1: pack on the new show. Eh. Okay. I mean, they've certainly added some danger to it this season with you weren't even sure where the robot's feelings lay and, and what where its allegiances were and everything. So, you know, I felt like that added at least a little bit of, you know, interest to it. It wasn't just the thing that was like, oh, you guys are in danger. I'm saving you, you know, showing up at the well, last minute kind of thing. I think
3: it's interesting with the, the biggest difference I've seen other than the, I mean, the robot appearance and all that. But really, the role of Penny. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about turning a character that has been shunned just about in every version. Even the, you can argue the ninety the nineties movie, it, she was more prominent, but she was still no, no better than what she was in the original series. This is a Penny that really runs the show, and I enjoy it. I mean, I'm I'm kind of off the Wonder Kid, you know, kick. We don't have you know Will Robinson who's just going to save the day
1: every time. Mm.
3: Mom can screw up. Everybody has a fault, but Penny's kind of just there.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's funny, because in the original show, Judy really didn't have much of a part anyway, either. She was there to be Don's no. girlfriend, and that's all Judy's role was. That was all Judy was there, yeah. Right, yeah. And Judy
3: has a much better role
1: now. Right. Yeah, because I felt like Penny at least had a few episodes where it was anything about the kids, sometimes she and Will shared some sort yeah. of role, you know, whereas, yeah, like, Judy, I don't know that Judy ever had anything really, like, Specific for her, other than to be on like Don's arm somewhere. You know? Yeah,
3: hold on. Yeah. Judy's in trouble. Oh, that's okay. Don's with her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean... her off with Don. <laughs> so...
1: Yeah. So, Sean, how do you feel about the robot and what they've been doing with the robot and, and like having other robots? Well, okay, so I, my my brain
4: kind of goes like this. So we've seen the altruistic robot. We, mm-hmm. We've seen him. We saw him in the '60s. We saw him in the '90s. Altruistic robot is fun, but boring. Like, once we establish him, he's an altruistic robot. Um, The thing I liked about Alien Robot was, A, first he's an alien. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. You know, B, he seems to be atypical of his species, um, which, honestly, you know, we're talking about the replicators. I also get a little bit of a Borg vibe, which is essentially the same thing. You know, it it seems like they're really anti-organic life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and something happened to robot where now he sees the value in organic life, or at least because of will, he sees value in that because, you know, will took the time to repair him. Um, and, and I like the fact that we're seeing this species not be just arbitrarily evil. Like if robot is a standard, you know, kind of like section of what their species is, they can change. And I like that now. Of course, we saw the rest of the robot army kind of show up, and then mm. just you know, death to all humans. <laughs> um, but you know, oh, yeah, I, I, Autobots and Decepticons. I'm right. right. like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You know, um, at least they're not talking
1: like in rhyme, like Wheelie or something. Um, oh my god! <laughs> <but>, uh, <no. laughs> so, or, or come on, <laughs> let's have one like Jazz, right? <laughs> yeah,
4: oh, oh my, my god! See now, Jazz, I'll take any day of the week. <laughs> so, um, or you know, if you got to, let's get Blaster in there. You know, and he could be. oh, <laughs> <right."> um, <laughs> But regardless, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that the, the more interesting traits that they've given Robot of the fact that, you know, even now he's still in my brain. He knows exactly what species he is. He knows who he is. This is not amnesia. This is not him being reprogrammed. This is him seeing value now in humanity. And he is struggling every single episode to not try to, to, to resolve.
3: Everybody.
4: Right. Basically, like, you know, yeah. he's like, kind of like Bender in Futurama. I had a dream, a dream to <laughs> kill all humans. <laughs> But like now he's kind of reconsidering it. Like, But I kind of like these humans, and I don't want to see them get hurt, so I'm going to protect them. And yeah, as that horse cons- broke his heart,
3: man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. The horse. <laughs> the oh, horse. The yeah. It was like a tray all over
4: again. Come on. I'm serious, right? <laughs> you know. story broke out. Oh, man. I mean, seriously, they went full-on nothing on us, man. Yes, they did. But, no, I mean, but so it's fun to see the robot have an evolution. And, and of course, the robot had a hilarious evolution because of Dr. Smith in the original show. Mm -hmm. But even then, it was all kind of, like, for comedic effect. And I feel like the robot has a much more – it, it does. It has heart and it has purpose. Mm. Um, and, and it's not just played for a joke. Because let's be fair, that original robot, as much as I love him, he was a joke. I mean, his <laughs> arms, danger of Hey, that
1: was a great design. I love that <laughs> robot.
4: <laughs> I'm not saying it's not iconic. I'm just saying it's still silly. You can still yeah. be silly and iconic at the same time. Look at Weird Al. <laughs> I was going to
3: say, your entire, some people's entire careers.
4: Yeah, I mean, come on, seriously. Batman 66 is silly and iconic.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. I, I
4: mean, there's nothing wrong yeah, with well, being both.
1: See, it's (laughs) interesting, though, because they've made the robots ambiguous enough that I think you you bring a lot to the table there, because while I don't disagree... You know, because I've had that thought too—that the robot is just like, you know, they're like a genocidal race, and and he's just decided that maybe life has some like merit to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also had the thought—it's perfectly possible that there are multiple factions in this row. We know he's connected to Scarecrow because the whole reason he was on the Resolute in the first place in season one. Now we well, know not- Scarecrow back, right? We yeah, right, to get Scarecrow, Scarecrow right. back, right? So we just know to they're the together. Hot we don't know that they're like necessarily buddies with the new ones that came in, and the fact that Scarecrow even turned around and was like, "Nope, I'm not with you guys," like yeah, makes kill me all think. Of you. Let's go. Right, makes me wonder if there are even factions within this robot group that it's I'm like they don't just, get along.
3: If they to happen.
1: Well, I mean,
4: to be fair, I, I mean, that's probably far more original and more thought than most people put into their robotic, you know, menaces. Mm, that's true. You know, I mean, we, we're talking about Autobots and Decepticons, but let's be fair, they're just analogs for humans. There's no real subtlety yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. They're literally the Autobots and the Decepticons. I mean, there's nothing to them. At this point, we've had 20 episodes. We have no idea what the factions are in robot society. We have no idea what the deal is. All we know is that the robots are subtly different from one another. And, and as we're getting more and more of them, we're seeing how it's starting to break off and i like that so as much as i really hate the vagaries that we keep getting because at the end of every season now it's like how can we abandon will and robots <laughs> oh not God. with his ass right like seriously <laughs> right. can we just leave those two together already <laughs> can
3: we can can we stop i don't know let's we have to jump somewhere in time or space or both and we're lost at the end of the each, each season. It's very similar, hang, you know, cliffhangers. It was like, yeah. You know, uh,
1: okay. was probably, like, come but... on. The original show was, oh, we're on a new planet, and it looks exactly like the old planet. Yeah. <laughs> that was like how they. No, I'm there. saying, but, okay, I'm not even
3: comparing it to the original. So I'm just talking about writing now, though. I mean, sure, just, no,
1: I, I get the it. Right,
3: to me, season two's writing went downhill. Yeah. A good bit. So a lot of people like it. I'm like, as someone who really watched, now nah, I don't know.
4: I... <laughs> He, you see, he was about to start a war there, and I think he thought better. Like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm uh, not going to be the, I'm not be the evil start, robot. Don't, don't, don't challenge it. Now, I was trying to be polite. And don't. Uh, come on. Hey, hey, <laughs> this is this is the pursuit of the answer for everything. This is the 42 cast. That's you right. cannot do that. You, okay, you, fine. All right.
3: Look, the the, the storylines were horrible. Okay? Mom doesn't like Penny. Judy doesn't like Penny. <laughs> Judy doesn't like Mom. Mom doesn't like Will. Will doesn't like anybody. We don't know what Will's here for. And then Dad just somewhere lost running around and getting cleaning out Don's eyes. Okay? <laughs>
1: Okay. Wow! So they're a family. What about what about the uh, the rust virus or whatever?
3: Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> you know I, what? I gotta I be really, that's
3: when this that's when this transformer connections really started hitting. home like Where's Unicron? We're gonna bring you back! <laughs> I
1: got oh, all right, okay. But if Unicron actually showed up in this show, you'd be oh excited.
3: Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs>
1: You know, all of a sudden, like, you know, the, you have Retgar and the rest of the freaking,
4: um, yeah. Yeah, and, like, just showing up, and you have Dare to be Stupid playing in the background. <sighs> yes. Come on!
1: I am here for Dare to be Stupid. Okay, the robots come from a giant robot planet right. that can also turn into a robot. That's See? it. There we
3: go.
1: I think I figured out season three's plot. That's
3: season three. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, all right. So can we can also... Can we, uh, okay, uh, Judy's background. Yeah. Does anyone care this much, I mean, I do they explain that very well? And I'm like, we got to add more to it. He was also one of the first men that explored the space and lost But
4: <laughs> Well, I, I do know that from the people who I suggested watching Lost in Space season one, they're like, what's the old Judy's dad? Like what happened? And I was like, well, they, uh, and I don't remember if they came right out and said it, but it, you know, it was like, you know, well, her, his, her dad died. And it died.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like I he died, died in conflict like, with, with them, you know, and was friends with her father. I mean, right. was, you know, it, yeah.
4: Yeah, you know, and so then, of course, you know, Daddy Robinson was like, well, I'm not going to let, the, you know, this girl, you right. know, just not have a dad anymore. So he's like, I'm adopted this girl. And Judy's my kid now. And, and you know, good dude <laughs> stepping up, making sure that his bro is taking care of his bro's wife is taking care of. And he's like, did my woman now Yeah. care okay. her. When I'm you put it that partner. way, it sounds a little sneaky. It's, it's, like, it's like, no, no, it's like one of those movies, like, in these diagrams, whatever you do, don't sleep with my wife. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's just, yeah. yeah. And, and the first he,
4: thing, he just looks across the room and he's like, he goes, I'm going to sleep with that uh, I, I'm all over
1: that. <laughs> you know I, I was worried and I'm glad that they're not doing this every season. I was worried that we were gonna fall into like a CW cycle of you know uh-huh. like oh the family all like you know is gonna break up up oh, the family's all together up oh, the family's all because you know the first season that was kind of the whole idea of the first season was this is a family that's been apart. No, yes. you know, and, and then the whole over the course of the season, the family drew back together and they, you know, figured out that they all love each other and everything. And even though there was friction like between the mom and, and, and Penny right. and, you know, some other uh, you know members of the family, it was never like, you know, Maureen was like, I'm going to leave you, you know, or anything like that. You know,
3: oh, you had the first season, you had the divorce... You know the whole, you know, uh, no, we we may be together, but we're not together. And then mm. second season, is, at least they got past that a bit. Yes. But can we keep this family like actually physically together for right? Every time yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I flip on that a little bit because one thing I did appreciate from in season two was the fact that you know Judy's approximately 25 years old. I think they said. I think uh-huh. they were- she, she, well, like, I know the actress is 25, so I know right. she's playing close to that.
3: She's in her late 20s. Yeah. Mid, yeah. Mid, she's late, like
4: in her mid-late 20s. And I know, I, I think they said Judy's either 23 to 25. So she, you know, just out of like, you know, whatever crazy super genius residency she was doing. Right. Um, but you know, it's like okay, fair enough. You know, she's old enough to be like the 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 next adult in the Robinson family, mm-hmm. and, and showing her slowly coming to terms with the fact that like her dad is like no, look, just because I'm being protective of you doesn't mean I don't believe you can do the job. And over the season, she's learning that the lessons he's trying to impart upon her is because sooner or later his ass is going to get left behind fighting robots, right. and there's going to need to be another Robinson to step up into the the position. You, you know, we need you to take care of our kids. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, so, yeah. So like, I, I like that journey. Um, but you know, Penny is all of seven. 70- years old, and every seventeen-year-old thinks that their parents are leaning down to them too, too much, and so the first thing they do is they go looking for the anti-authority figure. So her bonding with Smith—that oh, was, I awesome. was, a, no, that was is, a great story. I, I thought yeah. that was a great story beat, yeah. you know. Um, and then, of course, can't Will. Confirm. Uh, um, can't confirm. <laughs>
0: can confirm my daughter is 16, oh. so
3: yeah.
4: Oh, okay. we're, we're, we're in the <laughs> My daughter's 15. My, my son's 15, and he, he abandons me all the time. <laughs> you know, and, and so then you have Will, and Will basically is like, I want my dog back. Right. I don't care I mean, about my parents. Right. I mean, so they all have, like, their, their plot points, and I think that the plot points played out fairly well. Sometimes in spectacularly predictable fashion, you mm. know, but, I mean – then again kids with parents are fairly predictable i mean how many times have you ever seen your friends or even looked at your your own life with your own children or, or with your your sisters or brothers or whoever and watch how they will step in the exact same bear trap that you stepped into when you were 14 years old and all you could do is kind of go like yep knew that was going to happen no, and you, I,
3: just, and, I stepped them in the hole first so I'm you know
4: what. <laughs> alternative parenting, sure. Uh, So, but I mean, just in general, though, I I think that, you know, we can sit there and say, oh, the kids are being predictable. But I'm like, but kids are fairly predictable. You know, the rebellious streak that they all go through, especially when your parents are like these super like accelerant, just like we're like badass geniuses and nothing we do is ever wrong. I mean, yeah. I don't don't think think
3: the family roles were what got to me. To me, it was just that there was never any of that. It never felt like there was any real danger. Mm. It, it's like he kept holding back like you know a moment that could have been tragic could have been powerful i found honestly the development of relationships really intriguing when it came to especially between i think will and penny did a really good job of playing off each other mm-hmm. you know it, let him have his moment let her have her moment and it just it to me that was fascinating and i think uh, the only thing that gets me with judy is, is i think they just keep trying to over explain her
1: yeah no, I can see that. I, I, But, yeah, I mean, that was the thing. Like, I was like, okay, okay, we get the whole thing with her dad. It's okay. I mean, I thought it was necessary just to give us, like, a what happened to her dad. But then
4: yeah. and, and until,
1: and until I got to the end of the season, I didn't realize why they were setting us up for the fact right, that, right. you know. Right, right. I was like,
3: are we going to really make this a part of the show? I mean, right. I get it that she, I mean, I get it that she had, came from a, a different background. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do we have to introduce her father, too? I mean, I thought they had done such a really good job with having people from every nationality represented, and in a well way—not like in a token way—but sure. everybody actually playing a really strong part. Each family being very important, uh, and the dynamics and showing the different kind of families. You know, you know the Robinsons, who are all the, you know all these super kids. Then you have you know the other families who are just—they all play—they the, all play their role. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that- I think one thing they did that was really smart was, you know, with especially with Judy was the fact that they kept going back to the fact that she views her father, uh, uh, Robinson, as her dad. It's not, mm. oh, this is the man yeah. who's now adopted me. Like, they, they really wanted to nail home that this is not a replacement dad. This is her dad. Yeah. So yeah. that way when, you know, uh, Grant Kelly comes back and they're like, oh, by the way, Grant Kelly's still alive. You're like, what happened? Uh-huh. You know, and and that throws a huge monkey wrench into the entire dynamic for season three, which, quite honestly, um, will make Judy's journey a lot more interesting, uh, because now you're going to have this whole back and forth because of the fact that you know, I mean, first off, what does Maureen do, right? Okay, so Maureen technically is widowed because of the fact that they thought that Grant was dead, right? So now, wait, 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 is
3: it technically he widowed because we think he's alive and she's dead because the the is well, uh,
4: dead? Fair it. enough, fair <laughs> enough. I, I mean, you know, now that would be funny if they actually went away. And they said, "Oh yeah, by right. the way, we killed off the rest of the Robinsons.
1: They're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we slaughtered the rest. Oh god, bad. Lord <laughs> of the Flies in space. Oh, <laughs> I'm yes. Yeah, you
4: thought this was Swiss Family Robinson? No, this is Lord of the Flies, <laughs> man. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> And it's like season four. It's going to be lost. What was it? Um, uh, uh, the Blue Lagoon. Just two of them are going to survive. They're just going to be <laughs> naked in space with one robot, oh, no. and they're going to discover puberty together. It's going to be really weird. Oh no! <laughs> Not the you Blue You know, Lagoon. and then uh, let's see. season six would be Moby Dick. You find out that John's still alive, and he's facing. He's Can trying we to fight go with his space whale. <laughs> yes, his space whale is Unicron, right? Ryan. So that's like Unicron. Ryan, that Unicron robot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So basically every season's going to be a classic piece of literature that's going to be reinterpreted in yes. space. Oh
1: god, it's like Wishbone, but with, yes, <laughs> with, yes, yes, wishbone with a You know of what? I, I, yeah. I gotta be honest. I'd show up for this. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. You
4: did, I want the
3: Tale of Two Cities edition. You know? oh yes. right? It was the best of times. It was the worst of space. It's a far, far better rest I go to being launched across the galaxy.
4: Um... Yeah, uh... I don't, right, know so, if we, I don't know if we solved the world's problems with that
1: particular response, but I, I sure I
4: feel it went to a good place. I'm and just kind
1: of cons- I'm just kind of confused how we got to like, hey, how do you like what they're doing with about the robots? To uh, you know, like, <laughs> hey, you know, Judy's dad is back. <laughs> oh, because because Will was going, go, Will was trying to have
4: like the softest response about the, the plot line, and I was like, no, we're here for the truth. The truth. You know, you're still wrong. He was like, we can't
3: handle the truth. No, you're still wrong. The the reason you're still wrong is the fact that if you bring your father in and do that classic tension that is in every story why mm. can't we just let her be and have a and develop her own character without going but what about trauma with her father will it cause trauma with her real dad who is Judy's real father bum 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 tune in next week
1: yeah hey, well, I mean that's a little tropish but I, I have a feeling that discovering this ship is going to be plot you know yeah. also because yeah. they're probably going to have some sort of hyperdrive or something that they can use without using the robot hyperdrive and it's going to allow so, them to yeah. you know get somewhere oh, wait, pause.
4: can we talk about can we talk about the ridiculousness of the robot hyperdrive for a second oh my god <laughs> well like all like, the little Th- this veins is actually that- something this is something that I actually have a problem with the show. Yeah. where So Vijay right? So VJ comes in. He's talking about Scarecrow and how you know the, 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 the robot at you know, some point in the past landed on Earth, probably caused some ecological disaster, which is why we all have to leave and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So their solution is let's just bottle up
1: the, the, the robot the and ride it out of
4: town. <laughs> right. Let's just bottle up the robot and build a ship around it. We don't know how the f- it works except if we press this green button, we go to space. If we torture this thing hard enough, it will go.
1: <laughs> what? Like
4: what? How Wait, how did you discover that Yeah, it, it do that?
1: does seem like it was a pretty big leap. Yeah. yeah.
3: How how did you discover that the robot can travel through space time
4: by, you know, beating on it? I mean, seriously, like, what kind of weird – like, was VJ just having, like, a bad day and he, like, punched the robot and they jumped 20 seconds into the future? <laughs> you right. What happened? Like, like, there's some dark stuff that's happened between
3: point A and point B. And also, B. Yeah. we have spaceship technology apparently. Like, you know, we can build a decent spaceship that doesn't need the robot. But yeah. to get to where they need to go, we need the hyperdrive on the robot system to – I mean – Okay, how did you connect the two? That's
4: my biggest thing. It's like, how does this even work? Yeah, there's actually um, a really interesting book, and and this is a little off topic, but it might answer the question. <laughs> um, no, no, but um, it's actually a book called Gate Crashers. Has anybody read this by any chance? No. no. Um, Gate Crashers is just this uh, really interesting uh, book about humans who have colonized space, but they have to do it the old-fashioned way, right? So, mm-hmm. basically, they go into hypersleep, they can just kind of, like, chill out for, you know, the better part of 40 years, they wake up, boom, they're at their, their destination. Mm-hmm. And one of them happens to, uh, uh, one of the sh- these ships happens to run across a probe. And this particular probe is of alien origin, and they start to mess around with it, and they found out two things. One, um, the alien probe has all kinds of interesting technology that will allow them to, like, quantum leap into the future as far as what they can do and two it's actually not a probe it's basically a marker that says warning crossing human preserve and Uh, so uh, uh. this pisses off the humans because they're like we're in a human preserve and so now they want to go and find the aliens just to basically like give them a piece of their mind (laughs) Um, so but the funny part is is that you know we we always kind of forget that even though you know we may not have faster than light travel um, there's a lot of science fiction tropes that can kind of still get us from point A to point B we just have Mm -hmm. to take it the long way Yeah. so I, I would assume that we pretty much mastered how to build spaceships and there's probably prior to you know, the weird, you know, bondage scarecrow drive. <laughs> um that they could jump back and forth uh, between the, the lotion on the robot. <laughs> yeah, you know, they just between the two worlds the, the old fashioned way, which is the ultimate <laughs> nap or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well yeah, I mean that's the thing. And and that's that's where it's like has Judy's dad like just been st- Staying around in that ship all this time? Or is he in some sort of suspended... And they
3: just happen to jump to that particular
1: point? Well, I'm, well, I'm wondering if he's either going to be, like, really old because he's just been hanging around and just trying to stay alive, or is it going to be, like, she finds him in, like, a suspended animation pod? like Because Sean... we don't know that they have suspended animation technology because they didn't need it when they had hyperdrive, you know? Right, right. So that that could be what we find is she, she opens it up and he's like, What? You're my daughter? <laughs> you know, like, oh, Maureen was just yeah. pregnant when I left.
4: Right. Well, what we find out is Maureen's cookies are like super preservatives. Uh And so he's just been perfectly preserved in space, just waiting for somebody to wake him up. You know, just that's it.
3: Like Ed (laughs) Astro. Dad was the same age when he left. No, no, that's just how, you know, how much older he is.
4: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there's they left it so vague how space travel worked before the bonded ship. We we really don't know. (laughs) We don't. Uh,
3: Well, the other thing is that with with this series, you, I, I honestly, the flashbacks I enjoy the most are are the is the Doctor. mm -hmm. You know, seeing the relationship with you know her sister and Mm -hmm. how that happened and her and you know her mother. It you talk about a a character with a Dexter-esque feel. Like you really don't. You we still don't know who the Doctor is.
1: Yeah. Oh, right. did you like the uh, Bill Mummy shout-outs? You know, they had them in like season one, that. then he, season two. Yeah. Yeah, but- yeah the, the Bill Mummy shout-out, and then she's
4: like, nobody's ever going to find you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that was so no, hard. He's, like, trying to talk, and, like, she can't yet, and she's just like, yeah, nobody's no, ever going to no,
4: know. No one wants to hear from you. She yeah. just
1: pushes them back of the box like no one's ever gonna I, I wanna know how bad the security is on that stupid ship that she can like create fake IDs, you oh know, my hack into everything. It's just like That oh. password is password. I'm
3: gonna <laughs> let you know that right now
1: it's... <laughs> it's like all in the span of just like an hour that nobody saw her. She's, you know, able to create a complete like biography for herself, a fake ID, you know, she's got credit cards. <laughs> off an
3: entire video series like oh that, that didn't happen <laughs> right. you thought you
1: saw that deleted all the logs off the ship yes. you know <laughs> it's, like... it's
4: so bizarre and you know what's funny is that you know her sister is played by Selma Blair right, right. Mm. Um, but Selma Blair is the lead of another sci-fi show on Netflix called Another Life have you guys right. watched that at all? I
3: haven't, I haven't watched
4: that one. I haven't. Okay, so basically, it's about how aliens come down to Earth, and like, there's like this weird <laughs> pylon, and basically, we send a ship out into space to figure out what this damn pylon's all about, kind of like 2001 Space Odyssey whole thing. Mm. And I'm like, what if like this is just some kind of weird backdoor weird connected series? Just,
2: yes. this,
4: this is the, like, it's the same series, but we just don't quite know it yet, like, right? <laughs> and it's all gonna tie together. Um, but I don't think it is, because in that one, Selma Blair's um like a like a social media kind of like star Mm. um but there's this weird vibe that i keep getting like netflix is just trying to make selma blair happen um (laughs) and so then like parker posey comes in and just trips her it's like my show Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it, it's it's an interesting little battle between the two of them. But I like the fact they keep bringing her back. And I like the fact that the only person who actually seems to be able to stop Parker Posey from just like completely raising right. the earth <laughs> is her sister. Yeah. You know, her sister's the only one who could kind of get in front of her and stop her from just being a complete garbage human. And even then she still got left behind because, right. you yeah. know, she's only been successful
1: on earth. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, so we talked about Smith as like the ultimate opportunist. But it's clear that she has some kind of conscience because of the fact she can't, like, address, like, the child. Like, she can't even be near the child of the guy that she put, sh- you know, that she got out the airlock. Like, yeah, was, whenever she yeah. sees that kid, she's just, like, you know, like, freaking out, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, she's so, not
3: soulless. She's, yeah. not, she's not a soulless creature in, in any way. They're, I mean, again, you go back to some classic, you know, you, you know, some of your classic bad guys. They, 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 even there's a line for monsters. And I think that's that's what
4: you see with her. Yeah, yeah, and I think in a lot of cases you probably would. In other sci-fi shows, they'd be totally fine with it. Well, I did what I had to do, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And right. at least with this, it's showing that you know she does have these lines, and you know she's an opportunist and she'll do it. But it really messes her up, and it, it just makes her a much more interesting character, I think. So but I think yeah.
3: it, I think it's also it's you know and Nathan's gonna love this. It's Spike from Buffy. You know, <laughs> Spike, Spike had a chance to kill Buffy's mom and didn't. Hmm. And it's that whole there. I they're, I won't go. I won't go past this point. I could I could you know I could kill any of these Robinsons, but I won't because you know I just don't do that.
4: No, <laughs> you yeah. But did Parker Posey use the word effulgent in? A poem? <laughs>
1: Not yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like the fact that they've growing like true like chaotic or chaotic neutral from my you know point of view um, on it because I mean she's. She's such an interesting character, and it's because of the fact that we never do have her land on a particular way. Because, you know, it's like you totally believe it when it looks like she's betraying, you know, the dad... But then when you find out that, no, this is something that they worked out, like, ahead of time, like, she was that supposed was to do that, it was like, oh, I totally believe that, too, because she can go either way, you know, at yeah, any given moment. Yeah, this, this you could know? go either way here. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, I love that, and I love that reveal, too, because you're, you're so used to expecting her to, like, pull one over on them, that then to find yeah. out she was working with them was, like, a great... Was no, a great no, reveal.
3: No. no way, don't miss on our side. No, I also
1: matter. liked her messing with Penny and just throwing away the trash because she knew Penny would go after it, even though it was really not. Oh my gosh,
3: that was <laughs> now that was one of my favorite episodes. Where she thought was that piece of trash just to mess with Penny. That was wow. <laughs> and then the boyfriend. No. Yeah. She's like, oh. <laughs> By the way, I, okay. How is Penny seventeen year old and this like romantically dumb?
4: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Well, remember, yeah. She I... spent her entire teenage years basically learning how to get on a starship. I mean,
1: sure. I, I mean, but she did... spent like the last four years just like super studying hard. I guess you know. Like, <laughs> I know the actress is seventeen. Did they ever say Penny was supposed to be? 17 she to be fifteen or
3: something like that. Yeah, I, 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 I think
1: she, she might she, be younger. She's
3: not an adult yet.
4: I,
1: yeah. I know that she's not
4: an adult yet. I, I think the actress is actually. I think she's twenty now. No, she just she was... turned
1: eighteen. I know. Cause... She just turned eighteen. Yeah, she, oh, she just turned eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So. Um, so. Yeah. But I imagine that she's still playing fairly
1: young. You I'm, waiting,
3: I'm waiting. i for Will to get really acrobatic because you know the, the the actor plays him is related to like uh, circus royalty.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, Will's what's going to present them with the biggest problem if this show, like, goes any he's length of like, time. Yeah. Because, yeah, because he's going to, like, only we only get ten episodes a season, and it's going to be, like... And it's you two know, and a half years between <laughs> them. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, before, like it's only supposed to be, like, a few months have passed, but Will's going to be, like, twice as big oh, as he I was when he started. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
4: at least between season one and two, they said it's been seven months, you know? Bro, <laughs> so it's like, if you add in the time that the, the first season took place, you could argue that a year has happened since... They started to go into space and you can kind of squint and go like, OK, I can kind of see that. Sure. You know, but if they do it again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's playing back
3: as a 17 year old, 17 a year old man. I played freshman in high school.
4: Yeah. It's like, you know, like he's, he's 17 playing 13 or what? Well, let me see, because yeah. he, he was 10 in the first season. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd be 11 now. So yeah, he's like 16, playing 11 or something, or just yeah, 16, it's just, 12. Yeah. It's, yeah. It. It's, it's all the
1: radiation in space. It's caused him to accelerate His growing.
3: His his five o'clock shadows are deeper than dawn. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, I, I'm I'm intrigued with that too. You know, it, it's kind of like the Stranger Thing issue. Uh-huh. You know, you and, and Data and Star Trek and all. Any other time, you know, you have time elapsed, but a character that isn't supposed to experience that much time i just don't know if this show can go you know five six seven seasons unless they do like you said explain the jumps every time
1: no
4: i mean honestly if they keep explaining i i think the biggest thing working against them is and i think this is where netflix needs to start to pony up a little bit more consistency which is if they're happy with their success ratios they've got to turn it around faster yes if you look at what Disney Plus is doing today, as we're recording this, they've already announced that Mandalorian season it's two is coming out is November. Yeah, it's no October. It yeah. came out okay. October this year. It's October next year. So yeah, okay. so eleven months since the premiere of the first season, you're getting a second season of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. They are on That's it. They're treating win. That's where you win. Yeah, yeah, they're treating it like a TV show. They're not treating it like HBO does, which is oh, we'll take eighteen months mm-hmm. to do the next one. Um, not everything. Well, is that wasn't
3: until the end until it was very successful.
4: Well, no, I mean, but no, yeah. traditionally, though, HBO traditionally does about 18 months between seasons. True, if you go back true. to Sopranos and whatnot. Yeah, it, I, I it, about the Sopranos,
3: you're right. Yeah, but, you know,
4: they, they typically do about 18 months between seasons, you know, and it's like, I think if you want to win uh, at least or keep your your, your, your Yeah, you need to be more consistent with your releases, and I think if they started releasing things on a yearly space basis, say, hey, next January, uh, uh, like New Year's Day, Lost in Space Season 3 is going to be here. Because I'll be honest, there is nothing that I saw in Lost in Space Season 2 that required me to wait two years and change between one and three. Like, there, yeah. it wasn't like they gave me the war to end all wars. This wasn't like, you know, the the, the seventh season of Deep Space Nine where every other battle was just like, a, you know, like Nog's leg getting ripped off. Or, yes. like, I mean, there, there was nothing like that going on. It wasn't the final season of Battlestar where everything was just like all crazy. Hey, a robot. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just a very, it's a very solid, very, you know, fun little show that it was, has.
3: It honestly would have been better than Weekly. If I had to have waited a little bit in between us yeah. streaming it,
4: yeah. And, and you know what? I, I actually am starting to come around to the idea. I love doing the the uh, sh- the, the, the the binging sometimes. Like I mm-hmm. binge. Oh, yeah, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. But I am actually starting to come around to the. I, I'd rather get it weekly because I, I think about it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and
3: Mandalorian, when it, it it really has reconverted me because it gave me time to think and enjoy.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, another one that, that got me on this was, um, uh, uh, amazingly enough, DC Universe's Harley Quinn. Really? Hmm. I have been enjoying the, Like, that show started, it was pure chaos and anarchy. And I'm like, okay. And I'd come back and I'd watch the next episode, I'd giggle. And I found myself every Friday night turning it on. And that would be the thing I'd watch before I go to bed on Friday night. And I was like, it would make me giggle. And then I missed, like, three episodes. And the three episodes I missed were, like, when the plot showed up. And, oh, my God, they turned that thing up to 11. And I'm like, Wow. Like, this is like – and I'm realizing that – Yeah, the Netflix is
3: model is getting old. It really yeah, is not yeah.
4: I, I think binging is great if you're consistently releasing things. But I do see the value of being releasing more consistently and releasing week to week to week. Because well, if you're releasing Mandalorian on October, that means that you have nine, ten weeks before you have that last episode, which gives you two whole more months basically to, record. to, to still yeah. to record, yeah. polish, post, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it a little bit easier on the production test staff, so I, I don't know. I'm I'm I like both models, I see the strengths of both of them. Um, but I'm slowly what coming kind, of, kind of coming back over to it. I think it
3: works, I think it works for certain series. I mean, yeah. I don't think it works for this one. I think it works okay for an orange is a new black where time is supposed to elapse,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
3: or it, it works for House of Cards or any of those. But this, this kind of show where it's a little more episodic, it needs that release. It would, it would have been a better fit on a Hulu once a week, you know uh and, and so that's where i would argue like the handmaid tale needs to be streamed you need to watch it the full time because it's an eight and a half hour long movie
1: yeah yeah i mean I, yeah i agree because i mean like it, it, this has been frustrating me for a while with netflix it's like with all the marvel shows they could have gone to like four or five seasons of those marvel shows before they'd they cut the plug, right yeah if they yeah. just made them instead it was like you'd be like great daredevil You know, two years later, great another season of Daredevil. You know, it's like, you know, and when you're doing shorter seasons, it's like, yeah, I don't see the justification for why you have to wait so long when you know networks crank out like 22 episode seasons every year. You know, you're only doing 10. You know, like, can't you do it every year? You know,
3: exactly. And like with the Netflix shows, you 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 get the argument that they're better, like the Marvel shows, the Mm -hmm. Marvel superhero shows. They were supposed to be so much better, but then you got the CW cranking out like nine, you know, 22 episodes of nine different. Series in one year. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'd argue in a, in a case, I would take those nine years of of good shows and pick out a heck of a lot more good episodes than there were the, the 20 episodes that were released of all the Marvel shows put together.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, CW basically, they, they hit a they the war. They- I mean, yeah, and and that's something that you know we, we we me and Nathan have talked about in the past, which is the fact that you know DC might be struggling a little bit on the the cinema front. Mm-hmm. But it might be the next generation
3: it will it will not. DC will come back because the kids were raised on those those CW shows.
4: Yeah, but the, the but as far as the television shows are concerned, the TV shows have just completely demolished. I mean, they've just been they've been firing off and just absolutely landing every single punch, and it's so impressive, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I'm I'm really amazed at it. So when I look at Netflix, you know. And and i go man you know like uh, the the shows that i feel should be so on time perfect example stranger things they should not let more than 12 months go by between seasons oh my like gosh that. yes every <laughs> time they let that go by you're, you're wasting just, a year you're wasting you're, taking a, you're you're wasting a year of the kids lives which means that they're going to be too much old they're going to age out of the show or the worst part is people are going to start to get bored yep. mm-hmm. you got to keep that stoke, that that fire stoked up Hot. Well, this, um, is
3: good. this all goes to my theory is that it, it's kind of like how you start an animation. If you look at the Marvel series and the success it has right now, it's it's because of guys my age. You're all of us who grew up watching the '80s and '90s Marvel animation, and and the, and the my parents who watched the Marvel TV shows. And that cycle is coming around this way. You're going to have the kids who grew up on the DC the DC stuff, watching the DC TV shows as teenagers and adults. And when they get when they get older, they're going to watch DC movies. And mm-hmm. and if you don't invest in that cycle, well, you end up with what you have now is where. It's it's dominated, and you know, and love them or not, you you see that you see that pattern with Star Wars, you see that pattern with, you know, all all sorts of different things. So,
4: you know, Yeah. yeah. You know, And I mean, when you're talking about the fact that Netflix has $14 billion in Mm -hmm. revenue that they're going to be spending this year in programming alone, you're telling me they can't put together enough of a budget to justify getting lost in space out by freaking New Year's Day 2021? Yeah, Yeah, come on! The other problem
1: is that Netflix seems to not want to renew a whole lot of their stuff either, and they're constantly, and I think it's for the same reason you just said, Sean, it's so long between seasons that people lose interest in their shows and they're not seeing like the following season be that. Good, you know, it, it source downloads, and so then they're like, "Oh, well, you know what? We're gonna try something new instead." And so they're churning through a lot of stuff and not renewing it. And you know, I'm well. A you more- see
3: other people. Well, you see other other the streamers like Amazon with the boys and and some of its more successful series. I take quality over quantity. And at first with Netflix, it was quality over quantity. Now they're just shoving so much out there. Mm-hmm. I can't keep up with. You know, one of the panels I think you and I've been on before, Nathan, together or at least at different times. Well, Dragon Con was, you know, genre TV. There's too much. Mm -hmm. I can't. I mean, there can't be that that general genre TV because there's so much content. Yeah. And that's where I think a show like Lost in Space, if you don't turn it out every year, you
4: won't keep an audience. Yeah, it's I going mean, to get lost. And that's the, it really, that's the sad yeah. part is because there's something about Lost in Space. Everything that we've talked about, good and bad about this show right. for season two, there's still something about it where I'm like, I want season three. I want season four because I, I, I like all the actors. You know, I, I mean, we get too much I, talent to be to not
3: be good.
4: Yeah, I mean, Toby Stevens, we haven't really talked a lot about John Robinson, but Toby mm-hmm. Stevens has done He's a awesome. great job being the, the central dad. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ignacio Cerrico, um is an amazing Don West. Uh, and of course, awesome. yeah. And, and then, of course, you get to Molly Parker and Maureen's Cookies, and, and we're all here for Maureen's Cookies, you know. Uh, and, of yeah. course, Paulie, pa- Parker Posey, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say Parker Posey's not worth every single dime that they put at her. Right. Um, I, I mean, they have the talent to, to continue to make this show amazing. I mean, um, and thank it. God they they released it at Christmas because, you know what, Christmas, you're hanging have, with your family. Time and to watch it. Yeah, that's a great time. Nobody wants to go out. They don't want to, you know, deal with any of that. They just want to hang out with their family. You put on Lost in Space. Perfect timing. Um, I still don't know if Netflix has been real proud with the numbers, but um, some some basic kind of information, cause Nathan knows I tend to kind of look into kind of like the the the, the back end of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix has actually changed how they're using their viewing model now. Has anybody heard about this? I've heard about that, yeah. So the super short version is that back in the day, Netflix only considered uh, a show to be watched if you watched more than 80% of an episode. Mm. So if for some reason you stopped before 80%, that episode wasn't counted as being viewed. Right. Mm-hmm. So what they've done now is they've changed that formula. Only the first 20% of the episode has to be watched for it to be considered viewed. Um, and what that's going to do now is it's going to show a different skew in that number. Um, but that's also the same kind of, uh, uh, viewing, uh, uh, algorithms that a lot of the other places are using YouTube uses it. Um, so yeah. it, it's not an unusual algorithm to, to move to. Um, um, and so It is I for think, longer
3: episodic television, though. It
4: is, yeah. yeah. Um, and, of course, they will still have the data that shows them that they're not having view-throughs. You know, they right. watch so this first episode, then they just give up. I mean, that's still going to show. Um, but then the flip side of that is you know, Netflix also, about three years ago, decided to get out of the business of making TV shows with other companies. Right. Um, if they don't outright own that property and they can't keep all the money, then they're not making it anymore. That's why Marvel fell. That's why One Day at a Time is now gone to the Pop Network. Um, that's That's why so many shows got canceled um, because they weren't allowed to produce it or if they were producing it, they're only going to do a season or two like Lucifer um, because they feel like we could capitalize on this and it can give us a boost, but then we can get out real easily and lost in space is one of their wholly owned shows. Mm and it's going to be interesting to see now that they they do a cut. terrible time
3: selling it though
4: they really they, I mean, oh yeah. god do they have a terrible time selling it and, and, and again it's a shame because it's a fun show like mm-hmm. I it's really so family oriented
3: it really I mean I'm yeah. not saying it's for little kids right. but it's it's you know it's it's not a it's not a vulnerable guy no sex I mean it, it, it's it's a show you can sell it's intriguing enough for adults and good enough for kids
1: well yeah, yeah. I mean because that's my thing is like you know like when I was a kid that was Star Trek The Next Generation yes. right like that was something yeah, like the whole exactly family it. you could sit down in the living room you could watch Star Trek The Next Generation it was like a good family sci-fi show and yeah. you know a lot of the sci-fi stuff these days skews older right you know yeah, I mean yeah, it's got stuff that that's more intense so, you know whether it's more graphic you know violence or, or you know sexual or whatever you right. know like even the Orville, you know it's it's kind of on that raunchy side or whatever, even though it's not too bad. Um, but well, I mean,
3: um, even even discovered you go with Star Trek. You, I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't watch it with my ten
1: year old. I mean, right. I, you know, well yeah, because I got nipples. Yeah, no matter. Right. Yeah. But Lost in Space, you know, it is that old-fashioned family, you know, fun, you know, kind of show. And, like I said, I feel like it, it fits so well. Like, even the stuff, like, we were talking about, like, you know, Judy's from a previous relationship the Marine had and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. again, it's like a modern take on the Robinsons is, hey, it's more of a mixed family, you know, because that's what, you know, it's more common these days, you know. Yeah, that's, blended that's families happens, are you know? extremely common, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know? um, so, So, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, it's a good, you know, wholesome, you know, show for the. You it's, know. Got, it's got a
3: little. It's got a modern little house in the prairie field too. Yeah, you know?
1: exactly. Just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm but it also has all know, that that, that excitement table, you know? of. Sci-fi and all that kind of stuff, you know, right. the, you know. So it's it's good, you know, all the cool visuals. I still love the design of the robots and how they can morph and change shape and everything. I think that that's like visually one of the really cool things that this show has I added. Think
3: they are, I think they're really pitched this show, and I know you guys are a big Doctor Who fans, so mm-hmm. I really think this would be a good, you know, off-season Doctor Who pitch. The, the people who enjoy Doctor Who would enjoy Lost in Space.
4: Mm, I'd say so, and I mean the production value is definitely there. I mean Nathan was just talking yeah. about the robot. I mean robot is a great design i'm still really impressed with how well the jupiter 2 design has held up oh i know they've not really they they haven't done a thing to that ship and i mean it's just like every time that this is one of the things that i love about certain types of genre vehicles when i know exactly where everything is because they have just shown me the ship that well (laughs) i really like that The thing I never liked about Next Generation's uh, 1701D is that it's so amorphous, right? Like, I've I still don't quite understand where the hell engineering is, right? Because, like, I don't like You're supposed to get the technical manuals. Yeah. yeah, but, like, even in the technical manuals, like, engineering moves around, you know, but, like, then you go to, like, Firefly. Firefly is like a Winnebago. You can walk around the damn yes. Firefly. You can walk around the Serenity, and you know exactly where everything is. But mm-hmm. when I look at the Jupiter Two, I know exactly where everything is. It is very clear how that ship is laid out, and I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, that's a that's a strong value to this show is that it, 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 it speaks in a shorthand that says you can understand where we are. Um, and even when you know, Nathan brought this up earlier, or, or maybe it was you, Will, when the uh, the, the horse died, you know, yeah. and, and robots going through his mourning. You know, I mean, like the robot didn't speak a single word, but we were able to follow that entire journey because yep. there was a, a visual shorthand that was built into the robot mm-hmm. that we were able to follow. And, and and that's what makes this show so much fun is that for for all the faults that it has, there are so many things that are positive that just make it work. What um, I really
3: enjoyed it though is that it's also it's futuristic, but not so distant future. You don't recognize it. Yes, yeah, right? that's, um, that's
1: actually something I brought it, up in the past, that the last episode where I talked about the first season is that you got stuff like they're bringing Oreos with them and stuff like that. Right, I really like right, that. Right, you right, know, right. it's all very familiar, even though they're right. in space. You know, there's not
3: a lot of technical jargon. It, you know, they don't Geordie mm. it up. Just you know, keep the next generation <laughs> stuff going. The, you the don't have dish, isn't doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the such and such isn't working. Why right. it's not working? Well, that compensated that we created on the show last week. You know that thing. It, it, it's none of that. It really it, they keep the the science as real as it can get. Mm-hmm. You know, without it becoming a tech manual. Um, they they keep enough science in it so that way you know your inner geek can feed itself. But it also it stretches imagination a little bit. Here, you know, here's this thing that does this and et cetera, et cetera. These are the next advancements coming. So I, I like the fact that there's a little realism in my sci-fi.
1: Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're all in agreement. Overall, this is a show we want to see continue. We're enjoying it overall. But um, so we're coming up potentially on a third season if they renew it. So what? Has it gotten
3: renewed?
1: Do we not? They haven't haven't said anything yet. Uh, uh, I hate this. Yeah. Um, so, So what would you like to see in season three? um so we'll start with you will what's what's something you know because you said you've had some issues with the show or whatever what would you what do you want to see for your season three that would make it like yes this is this is what i want to watch
3: uh, that that's really hard I, I it's because of all the unknowns that we have going in from the cliffhanger and all that i guess what i would like to see is more interaction with other alien races like yeah. they they run into other aliens. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I really really would like to see the show to go. And, and or maybe you know meet an enemy of the robot civilization, something. Something to give us a little more tension with with the sci-fi aspect. Mm-hmm. The family drama, I want honestly, if you're going to if you amp it up, let's have Parker come on to dad. You know, let's you know maybe you know the, 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 you know, yeah, um, Dad Robinson and mom are having some issues, and honestly, could you not see her play that as, a, as an advantage?
1: <laughs> I keep waiting for Don and Judy to get together. <laughs> you're, you're shipping Don and
4: Judy, well, that's not happening. Not right. <laughs> yeah, they kind of, like, hinted at that in season one, right. and the Judy it just, just completely so like completely kiboshed fast. it. Yes.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, all right, so Sean, what about you? What would you like to see in the next season?
4: Well, I mean, you know, my my gut says, you know, if you introduce other species or other kind of like factions, that could be an interesting pull, but. One thing that I think has always been kind of interesting about Lost in Space is that it's always been more about the human drama, um, and th- this kind of goes back to that Battlestar idea of you know you don't need to have you know weird foreheads or you know crazy CG monsters to create something that'll absolutely um, uh, be an engaging show. So there is a part of me that says screw bringing in alien life forms. Let's get more of the Hastings into the the audience. You know, like because Hastings strikes me as mm. part of a, a larger cabal of people who are are very much opportunistic in the fact that they want to keep humanity alive, but they you want to do want it their way.
3: More you're a brother.
4: Right, right. You know, like you know, the <laughs> Robinsons are far more utopian. You know, so let's yes. just, like have the utopians versus the dystopians. You know, well, I that too. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would love to see a little bit more of that. And then, of course, in the background of all that, you have the robot stuff going on. So, um, I, I mean, honestly, I think that the the biggest thing they need to do is continue to to move that human faction up, but really also they they have got to got to got to start to, to divulge what the hell's going on with these, these weird alien worlds with the damn glyphs and the yeah. model and and how it all ties together with the robots. like That's what I want to see more of with the conflict between the humans. Like Those are my two parallels. Anything else is gravy, but I really want to focus on those two throat lines um, because I feel like there's a greater story there. And and if bringing in Judy's real dad, or I'm sorry, birth dad, I don't want to say real dad because, John, you did that. Um, But bringing in her birth dad into it, if that helps... Project that story forward. I'm all for it. If it diverges us into something else, I don't know if I'm there for it. Um, yeah, I I'd much that. rather, yeah, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of like that at this point. I, I don't know.
1: For me, first of all, I would love it because it would so subvert our expectations if they go to the. I forget what the name of the other ship was, but the ship that her dad was oh, on, was the... and she finds out... I uh,
3: care. Was it what the, the, the was it? Hold on, it was Zabris? the Fortuna. They start with an I.
1: Fortuna, yeah. Oh, Fortuna. Fortuna. Okay. Yeah, Fortuna. yeah. So, oh, Icarus. I think I was having flashbacks yeah, yeah, yeah. to. <laughs> Plan of the Apes <laughs> anyway, wasn't that the Icarus um, but uh, yeah so um, yeah the Fortuna so like it would be interesting if they go over there and it's just like skeletons and stuff And but they find something on the ship that's helpful but it's like oh so you thought like her dad was actually going to come back as a character but really he's not dead. he's dead, he's been dead. You know? yeah like don't like yeah let's not go that route of the oh you're my real dad you know like cause you know they already said like even though she kind of like hero worships him, she never actually knew him because he died before she was born. They thought he died before she was born. So I, I don't, I just don't want to go there. Cause Daddy again, I, grandma, okay, let's
3: just go ahead <laughs>
1: I don't want to go CW show, you know, I don't want it to be the, you know, like, you're not my real dad, you know, and then she goes and hugs the new dad. I just don't want that, and I'm afraid. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they they seem to have gone out of their way
4: to not make that happen. Um, But, you know, on that point of view, if you want to introduce alien races for for Will, what if we find out that that's what robot species has been doing, is that it's been slowly taking out every single organic life form ever. So we do find out that there are alien species, but they all dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you saw that planet where the Fortuna was. It planet was all but broken. Dang, huh? Yeah,
4: it looked, it looked pretty desolate. You so so.
3: I, I think we're going to find out more about this robot. And it is, it, it's its going to go either more the Borg or the replicator
4: route. And yeah. As long as we don't have to slow him down with a black hole, I'm
1: cool, man. That, there you uh, go. Uh,
3: we're going to invent an entire species that can wipe them out.
1: I just don't want to go another 10 episodes without finding out anything more about the robot's you know, as far as like, yeah, there's more of them, but you know, hey, I also we won't don't explain want the family anything. separated forever.
4: I don't want to
3: have you know, right. you know mom and dad come in in episode ten. You know? Right. And by the way,
4: right. the family also includes robot. Okay. Right. So stop that. Now. Right. All right. Like, right.
1: <laughs> stop that now. Yes. I mean, you know, so I mean, yeah, they're kind of in a rock between a rock and a hard place. They lost the resolute. So it's kind of like now everybody's in their little Jupiters. So it's like, how do you keep all that together yeah. so that you can still have the expanded cast? You know, and at the or same can time, or you save a though, budget
3: and just scrap the rest of the cast, and everybody goes off in the drift.
1: Right. So I'm kind of interested in how they're going to address that problem. You know, because I I wondered if it was going to be something like at this season that like the Jupiter Two flies away, but like the Resolute gets away. Of course, that's not the way that they that they went with no, it. I think um, I think what you
3: end up having is that mom and dad find the, find the whole group of kids and then the whole things about getting everybody back to their families. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the worry is that it's going to be that simplistic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to. Family
3: of the week flies in. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, it would be interesting because, you know, I mean, the one thing, of course, the original show never did is they never got to Alpha Centauri. So in some ways, that would be interesting to actually go there only to have them have to leave again or something because the robot... Yeah, gone. robot
3: invasion or something, yeah. Right,
1: exactly. So, I mean, that's a route they could take. I, I doubt they would take it, like, in the middle of a season, but, like, as, like, their sort of cliffhanger for a four. potential yeah. season four. Yeah. Right, yeah, I could see them doing that also, and that might be interesting because, yeah, they keep saying, like, you know, like, Alpha Centauri, it's really not... Nice. Nice. Yeah, we find that you the know.
3: government's just as corrupt there than it is, you know, the one that they're dealing with now. <laughs> right. And the Robinsons don't handle corruption well, apparently.
1: They try to, you know, take over. Speaking to Sean's point of the dystopia, you know, like, What if Hastings is like, you know, these are the people running Alpha Centauri are like the Hastings of the world, you know, they they've made sure that they got off Earth and they're going to run it the way they want to, which is like super authoritarian and, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're going to land on Alpha Centauri.
3: It's the Hunger Games, OK? Welcome to Panem. Yeah,
4: exactly.
3: <laughs> Will's
4: killed by a rocket launcher right the right there. <laughs> All of a sudden, like Penny is like the you know Katniss Everdeen of this yes, story. That's why yes. she's been such a focus, and that's why we've had this really close relationship with Smith. And Smith is basically Woody Harrelson. And
1: yes,
4: you see, that's a twist right there. That's, that's a, a twist,
1: twist. <laughs> coming, man. I'm oh my god! And, it, it, wait, are you, know, are
3: you team done or you team Dad? You
4: know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think Don would survive. I think Don, I, I think Don would make it through. Um, oh, he he I don't would. Know. Dad's you know, pretty tough. Yeah, but you know, Dad's an idealist though. I think Don will. I, I think if like the bullets were flying, Don would find a way to duck. And I think Dad's one of the ones yeah, he that he the bullet for the Dad, yeah, would Dad take a bullet right in the face, man. He, he, you know, no he takes goodies. a bullet. Yeah, he, he takes a bullet for his for his more uh, not his morals, uh, for his integrity. You yeah. know, where <laughs> if Don's like, okay, look, my integrity he can come back in 15 minutes. I'm gonna duck. You know, you know what I mean? Like so.
3: Yeah, but then you've got, you have got Parker Posey is the doctor. You got to watch out for her because she's gonna kill everybody. She's that kid that you know is small and mean and is you yeah. know sacrificed nine kids to to get her weapon.
1: So does anyone believe for a second that Smith is dead? Gosh, no. Yeah, I I was seeing reactions after you know for this season and people are like Smith is dead and I'm like, what were you watching? Are you a? Simpler? They showed on the ship with the kids they showed the box yeah, yeah they her, showed like, her um the, uh, helmet her helmet yeah, yeah, yeah. right she made and, it and then it played like the dr smith music like a riff it's like she humps somehow snuck onto the jupiter 2 with all the kids on it and got in the box how many of you were She's waiting,
3: waiting for don to be on the ship you know we choose you to take care of our kids don you know i was waiting for that moment mm. instead they went with judy Yeah, yeah. i thought that was interesting
4: no, i i this- this is what they do, okay? You start off episode 1, right? You, you reveal that Smith is there. Smith has gotten on, right? And then they're like, okay, let's do a head count. And they're doing a head count and all of a sudden, sitting on the table is uh Debbie. And Debbie has a little <laughs> has a little note off of her neck and it's from Don and it says, "Take care of my kid. She yeah. counts as she's a Robinson now or something." There and even know. if like dead Debbie that Oh my God! Just a, I need my Debbie. Where's my all right, Debbie? All right, all right let's take it the next evil march. You just see
3: Parker Posey sitting there with the chicken leg. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, and I can't. Let
4: Thank Parker you, Don. Pose. I can't. I can't.
1: They'd be like, "Up, oh, the chicken is breathing too much air. We've got to kill good. it. <laughs> too much
4: air." Now I'm gonna to have to kill this chicken. Kill the uh, chicken.
1: We we precisely calculated how many people could be here, and the chicken is one too yeah, many.
4: Sure. You no, know, honestly, they just do like a Star Wars, um, uh, uh, uh Last Jedi moment where like oh. literally like, right. Parker Skywalker's sitting there eating chicken, and Will's across the face, like just like horrified, oh! you know, Just... Pretty much anything they do, Uh, but yeah, like I said, I I would love for there to be a reference where Debbie actually shows up, and there's like a note from Don saying, "Please take care of my kid." Yeah, Um, that would just that I would.
3: I think honestly, I I I, I, I love the show, and I think Don Don in in parts carries it so well. His humor is just the, the the. the roundedness of his character. He's just so much fun to watch and be around. He, he's got the physical comedy, doing, I mean, loving him pushing the gate everywhere, to, you know, to take his, like, his yes. monitor with him. I thought the I mean, I just thought some of the stuff they have him do is just, I, I, I just love his character. I, I enjoy watching him when he's on screen
1: yeah but speaking to your point you know because penny was so central to the season no, and they yeah. even had it where she developed like kind of like a relationship with don too if yep. she's you know like like really you know because he saved her and everything but yeah and that's why i thought that exactly what you were saying like he was going to be the one that they chose uh-huh. to take all the kids to safety was it was like oh that's why they were setting up this thing of like penny and don having kind of yep. like this nice friendship yep. you know thing going on but nope nope it was it was judy which i was not expecting yeah,
3: i thought i thought they were setting up for don because you can really honestly hear them say Don
1: we trust you with our kids lives Thank you for everything. Well, and also Don's a pilot, whereas right. Judy isn't. And that was the thing I was thinking. is like, okay, so Judy's the captain, but who's Who's piloting this ship, yeah. <laughs> right. No one here lost in space. Right. God, like you put the kid on the console. I'm a doctor. That doesn't qualify you to fly <laughs> it a space doesn't work, yeah. Is that doctorate
3: in aerospace engineering? No, I go
1: right. away. <laughs> just...
3: Yeah. I'm just glad they didn't okay, honestly, I'm so glad they didn't go next gen, though, and have Will be just the perfect yes. Kid yes, it, 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 it so could have gone Will Rob. It could have gone Will Wheaton hmm. so many times, and it, you know uh, it didn't. Thank goodness. Well, and, well, I, and I love Wheaton. I, I, I grew up on Wesley Crusher, but they didn't let the show. They didn't let this character become Wesley. Yeah, and. I really appreciated
1: that. Well, I mean, they made it so like he was struggling in his classes and stuff. And That's why yes. she had to cheat to like get him on the on the ship. So it's like his his role is really the robot whisperer. That that's his role yeah, on, the, exactly. on the show. Exactly, he
3: makes right. bad
1: decisions. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm here to get in trouble. I'm the Carl of uh, Lost in Space. So so yeah, I mean <laughs> that's why I'm saying like they really perfectly like balanced out the group. I think that you've got like, all the roles. So that everybody, like the whole family, has got like stuff that they do well, and you know they all it all works together. And any leader
3: of a street gang.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm wait. I'm waiting for like her followers to show up. She recruits people. Yeah.
1: Um. But uh. But yeah. So I mean, we've been going for for a while on this one. Um. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about with uh, Lost in Space before we uh, wrap it up?
3: Hurry up and get back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Sean?
4: Yeah, um, yeah. get back. Um, uh, Christmas, New Year's, let's do it. Let's make it happen.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't want to have to wait two more damn years for no good reason. Uh-huh. Yeah, the one thing I'm going to mention, it's a POV episode. <laughs> I think that might be a lot of fun if they did that. So. I actually think that would be amazing. Just have a whole episode from her little
4: chicken point of view. <laughs> right. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, if they oh, can boy. do a supernatural in a damn car, right?
1: They can do it with a chicken. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you know, it's like robots are attacking and everything, and Debbie's just there going, <laughs> watching his things run around. Oh my gosh! It's like the cat from alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right um so yeah uh let's uh, say goodbyes and let people know where they can find us so uh let's start with you sean uh, yeah, well, you
4: can find me on social media, various places. Um, you could catch me at NUMAZ, P N E U uh, M A Z—and if you'd like to just kind of watch me make art, and, and my wife is usually on with me, and we we do all kinds of fun stuff. We uh, we're on Twitch quite frequently. It's Twitch.tv/popcycled, and uh, I'm not exactly sure when this is coming out, but um, we're starting our first uh, ongoing D and D sessions. Um, my my old school D and D crew is getting back together, and we're going to be live broadcasting that through our Discord. Which will also be tied into our Twitch. Um, so if it's after February fifteenth when this comes out, go back. We should have those episodes archived. You can watch those and and, and see role playing game shenanigans in addition to me playing video games and also us building artwork and stuff. But uh, that pretty much covers it. Yeah, uh, pop cycled and uh,
1: Numa Z. and uh, yeah, you can you know catch up whenever you like. Awesome. And Will, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Well,
3: you guys, it was a lot of fun. Um, find me on ESO Rift Tracks with Mike Faber and Julie. And also you can find me uh, doing the geeky side with Tyre Burton and also just find me at Dragon Con. I'm
1: all over the place. Joe, thanks for being on the show.
0: I, uh, along with um, everybody you're hearing tonight on the uh, 42 cast, can be found once a year at Dragon Con's American mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Classics track. I understand you guys do other stuff at Dragon Con, but I don't care about any of that. Um, <laughs> I want to do more with, with Joe anyway. So Exactly. <laughs> Uh, just uh, come hang out with me. We're, we're come, ha- come hang out with all of us. We're super cool. Um, mm-hmm. And we do cool stuff all year round on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash groups slash American Sci-Fi Classics. Join us. We're, 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 we're the best. There, I said it.
1: <laughs> one of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, all right. Cool deal. And so, yeah, Sean, Will, and Joe, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you.
4: Thank you.
1: And that's a wrap on our Lost in Space episode. We want to know what you thought. Did you like the episode? Did you like the guests? Are there certain guests that you want to see on the show more often? Are there certain topics you want us to cover? There's lots of different ways that you can let us know. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way to, is to go to our website at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. Or you can tweet to us at 42Cast on either Twitter or Instagram. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. With Apple Podcasts, it helps promote the show because the more reviews that we get, the more often we show up in searches. So I'd definitely appreciate that. I also want to let you know about the ESO Network Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash ESO Network. You can find the tiers that tell you for certain amounts of money you get certain perks, privileges, early episodes, exclusive episodes, a whole exclusive ESO Network podcast for a certain tier. So just check that out. If you have any funds that you can contribute, it does help all the shows on the network, so please just do it if you can. we definitely appreciate it. I also want to mention the other two podcasts where you can find me. The first one is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to buy the episodes. I know how hard it is to find Classic Who in the States. We explain everything. If you can follow along, if you do have a way of following along, it's great. It certainly is helpful. But you should be able to follow the show even without that. If you just want to listen to our banter, we'll just get you through the whole thing. So, like I said, that's Time Streams. And the next one is Legendary Forces. And that's where Juliet and I, again, but also joined by Corinne, Joe, and Ashley, We're going through all of Star Wars fictional media. That's all the movies, TV shows, novels, comic books. Basically anything that's set in the Star Wars universe, we're going through it in chronological order. We're telling you whether the content is any good, why we think that way, but also we're talking about Star Wars and the perception of Star Wars as we go and how this sort of idea of canon and continuity develops. So if that's of interest to you, then check it out. As of this recording, Chicago TARDIS is only a couple of weeks away, but by the time this one drops, it'll have already happened. So if you did see me at Chicago TARDIS, I hope that you said hi, because I'd love to meet people who watch or listen to the show. But yeah, no other con news this year. Hopefully next year I'll be able to go to a few more cons. Hopefully i would be able to go to Dragon Con, although that's always the dream, and I don't know that that's going to happen. But yeah, just watch this space, and hopefully I can meet all of you at some time or, no- or another. But that's all I have for this week. Join us back next week when Ming-Na Wen will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan, signing off. You have been listening to The 42 Cast, copyright 2021. Got a question for the ultimate answer? contact us at everything at 42cast.com theme music is sharper swords by brandon ellis check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com the 42 cast is a proud member of the eso network
0: this has been a broadcast of the eso network